the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit CanILiveBig.com today. You were made to think big, too big, too big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer. This is important. Pay attention here. The act may be private. It may even be consensual. But the breaking of any law is foremost against the lawgiver. Stay with me on that. Even in our law system, have you noticed that when we go to court, it's the state against such, such, and so? The prosecutor represents the state. Why? Because the state made the laws. So when we break the law, we engage the state. So when we break the law, we think, well, it's just, you know, don't, it's just us. By virtue of the fact that we broke a law, God who sees everything. We have just engaged the lawgiver. There is no private. There is no personal. There is, you know, it's not hurting nobody's sin. The reality is. Every misconduct is not just against your neighbor. It's first and foremost against God. Did I lose you? All right. And then he goes on. It does get a little deep. He said, listen, God, it's against you. And then instead of defending himself, he defends God's integrity. Basically, God, I, whatever you got coming at me, Lord, I deserve it. 
I'm not complaining about it. I'm not mad at you over it. But whatever it takes, please fix me. He said that you may be found just. The problem's not you, God. It's not your law. It's me. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Lord, when you deal with me, I won't even complain. Because God, I, I, I have a problem. And in verse 5, he begins to explain his problem. And his problem is exactly like your and my problem. He said, behold, look at this, Lord. I was brought forth or born in iniquity. He was saying, God, you know better than anyone else. I was screwed up from day one. He was saying, God, just like I inherited the color of my eyes, the color of my skin, maybe my my height, my DNA, I inherited from my great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, this persistent bent to just do dumb stuff. And God, no matter what, I, I can't shake there's just something in me that bends towards dumb. Like I said, it's going to go over some people's head, but, but most of you <laughs> can understand. And he goes on. He said, and in my mother's womb, or in sin, I'm sorry, my mother conceived me. Now, later, the the rabbis would say, you know, hundreds of years later, after David wrote this, that this was referring to the fact that David was born out of wedlock. I I don't know if that was the case, but, but what I do know is that the context of this psalm is not David's mother. It's David's personal tendencies. And he's saying, God, I I have a problem. In in sin, my mother has conceived me. A literal rendering of this verse is, I was sinful from conception. Here's the deal. How many of you know a baby can't do good or bad inside a womb? There's nobody to hate, get mad at, curse. Not even thinking a whole lot yet. At least not consciously. So if a baby could be sinful from conception, the Bible is teaching That sin is not just a result of things we do. It's somehow part of our inborn nature. And by the way, this is why Jesus said we must be born again. If it was right the first time, Jesus wouldn't have had to come to the earth to correct it. So he said, listen, right now, all of y'all are in Adam and in Eve. And and, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But if you would switch and get into me, your results could be very, very different. Let, let, let's, keep, let, let's keep going. He said, in sin, my what? Mother conceived me. Now, a lot of people, when they hear this type of teaching, they think that I'm saying that all people are horrible. Not exactly. This does not mean that all people are as bad as they can be. Only a few of our deacons fall into that category. (laughs) But conscience, family, civil government, it all, they all help to restrain us. And you might say, well, that's not the case with me. You know, I'm, I'm just really, really wonderful. Well, Well, be honest for a second. If there was no law against sneaking up on your boss, in a dark parking lot 
and you knew you would not be arrested, no one bring any charge. How many of you might just think about it? Thank you, thank you. I got five honest people. You see, laws constrain us and keep us from doing what we might otherwise do. Ephesians 2 and 1, and we're going to skip a little bit, and we're going to dig in. You're staying with me pretty good, though. Very good. Paul said it best here. He's describing our state before we came to the Lord. And you who were, past tense, meaning you're not this way anymore, dead in trespasses and sins. He was saying all of us, no matter who you are, how much better than you are than the the person next to you. All of us were separated and alienated from God. We did not become sinners because we sinned. This is important. We sin because we are sinners. Okay. You're not sure? The first ever wasn't sure either. I want you to think about it. If we're all born good, like a lot of folk try to convey today, why is sin so pervasive in every culture, amongst every race, every creed, every nationality? I mean, if we're all born good, why don't, why is it that we don't have to teach a child a lie? Why is it that we don't have to teach a child to be selfish? I mean, if we were all born good, wouldn't people every now and then, and maybe at least a few, beat the odds and somehow remain sinless? But every culture, every creed, every religion recognizes that all people miss the mark. Why? Because it's undeniable. And if we were all born good, somebody in some group of people somewhere would escape it. But nobody does. Skip to verse 3. Among whom also we also conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. This is where it gets exciting, where everyone shouts hallelujah. I'm just pulling your leg. And what he's talking about is that period in our life where all the decisions we made were based on what we could touch, taste, smell, and hear. And we're kind of more like the animal kingdom. And if the, the herd wasn't doing it, we weren't doing it. And, you know, that, 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 that whole thing. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. So we didn't just think it, we did it. Okay, how many of you? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what I need you to know. Compared to others, you may be pretty good. The problem is, that's not what you're being judged against. Your neighbor is not your judge. Even the Supreme Court of the United States is not your judge. Because you're better than the next is a non-issue. Because you might be better than everybody else, but the standard is God himself. The one who created the universe you live in, the body you live through. The person that's perfect, good, and holy, he is the standard of righteousness. And the problem is we're judging ourselves based on the wrong standards. And that's why no one feels like they need to be saved. Because I'm pretty good. I, I'm, I'm going to make it in, you know, uh, just as good as the next person. What's the next person got to do with it? It's God's heaven. It's not your next person's heaven. 
This next clause is what I wanted to get to. And we were by nature. It's one thing to be in trouble by the virtue of deed. Case in point. Let's say I owe the court $350 for a fine. I pay the fine. Me and the court are no longer at odds because I, I paid the fine. The deed has been reconciled. But that's not what this says. It says we were by nature. Imagine if I was repugnant to the judge by nature, not just by deed. But everything about me was a turnoff. Everything about me was at enmity with his holiness and his righteousness. We were by what? Nature. Children of wrath, meaning children that need beatings all day long. We were by nature. <laughs> Babies, kids, times 15,000 as far as God saw it. That's what we were. But here's the deal. I could change my deeds. I can't change my nature. That's why we have to be born again. Because God wants to get a, good, a new nature on the inside. Let's back up for just a second. Many of you think you're not going to get into heaven or, or whatever because you just signed on to some creed. I said, Jesus is Lord, and, and that gets you in. No. Christianity is not about a new church. It's about a new race of people. That's why the white and black thing is so shallow. It's skin deep. We are a holy nation, peculiar people, kings and priests unto our God. The Bible says that in Christ, we become new creations. Now, that means that when we give our lives to the Lord, something is created in us that never existed before. So it's not because we dotted some I and God is, you know, look, giving us a theology test before we get into heaven. Why do lions roar? It's their nature. Why does the crow cockadoodle do? It's his nature. Let's just say if I said cockadoodle do. Okay. <laughs> and, and I could do that a few times and smile. But imagine if I had the cock-a-doodle-doo all day long. It will get burdensome, wearisome, tiresome. Why? It's not my nature. If I was a rooster, when the sun, it's natural, there's no, I'm sticking my chest out, cock-a-doodle, you know, because it's my nature. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. When you're trying to be something you're not, it's hard. It's burdensome. It's difficult. So what Jesus came to do was not change our behavior, but change our nature from which our behavior comes. So, if I get into heaven and everyone has a nature like Christ. But 10 of us get in, and we still got the nature of the devil. Heaven's not heaven anymore. 
All of a sudden, we have to lock our doors. We have to talk about stealing. There's going to be news reports, crime, and all the rest. (laughs) Heaven's going to become earth. So what gets us into heaven is our new nature. That's why he said you must be born again. The first time was a problem. The first time got us what we got. Are you with me? Stay. All right. Romans 5 and 2 and 15. How did we get into this situation we're in? What happened to the human family? And I got to begin to move. Verse 12. And we're not going to cover it all today, but, but I want you to listen to this. Therefore, watch the scripture. Just as through one man, sin entered the world. So, how did sin get into the world? According to scripture, through Adam. Just like a disease can get into a population through just one infected party. Here's the principle. We are servants to whom we choose to obey. Stay with me. Because you're saying, well, I don't get this whole thing. How come Adam's sin is impacting me? The moment an American soldier obeys the orders of an enemy... He or she instantly becomes a traitor and an enemy of the state. The moment our great, great granddaddy obeyed the devil and not God, Satan became his president, his God, and he became an enemy to the almighty God. Adam made a choice. And here's the deal. I could not choose where I was born. My mom and dad were citizens of the United States of America. Wherever they decided to drop me out, that's where I came. (laughs) Likewise, you can't control where you come from, but you can choose where you go and where you stay. All right, enough for today. I I feel like I pushed that a little bit. Psalms 51 and 3. And we're going to begin to, to, to wrap up shortly. David said, because just what I was saying, just there's lots of scriptures that I need to take you to to really, really grab hold. But we're going to do that over the next week. Don't worry. He said, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. He's saying, basically, God, there's no good thing in my flesh. Lord, I'm I, I'm a complete spiritual disaster. And the only thing I could say to you, Lord, is have mercy. Verse 8, he said, behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. Lord, all you require is that I be honest with you. All you want is really my heart. And the hidden part of me that I might know wisdom. Let's, let's just skip verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Does anyone remember when God used hyssop? Okay. He said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean clean. Hyssop was used by the Israelites to put blood on the doorposts so the death angel would pass over and keep them safe from death and also release them from the Egyptian budget. But, but here's the deal. If it wasn't for the blood, David said, wash me. I know you, oh God, are the only one that can get these stains out. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. 
No soap compares to the blood. It adds brightness to whites, safe for colors and rayons, kind to the hands, stronger than dirt. The blood of the lamb will, will make the iris spring. It'll get you dialed into the only help I know. Make your sins whiter than ivory. Make you as pure as a dove. Make you feel caressed. Renew your zest. And make you shout ole. <laughs> oh, now I got you back. I got you back. I got you back. Woo! I was trying to get you back. <laughs> Verse 8, and I'm out of here. David said, make me hear joy and gladness. When you're in an argument with your spouse, and I know y'all don't argue because y'all just, again, wonderful. When people like me get in arguments, and when that person finally admits that they're wrong, (laughs) don't you kind of feel glad and relieved, you know, it's just... I mean, it's not always a glow. It's just, <sighs> or when that child or that dear friend been wrong for a long time, but they finally say they're sorry. Yeah. Doesn't kind of a warming joy come all over you? And it's, <sighs> that's what David was saying. Make me to hear. I want to hear yeah. your relief, your joy. The strain in our relationship is now broken because I, I've owned up to it. I confessed it. And, and his concern was not just about him. It was God. He's saying, Lord, make me hear joy and, and gladness. You see, the, the, the folks lie about the church. They make it seem the church some dark place and just crucifix and blood on the walls and just harsh and dark and and then God's gonna get you and God looking down at you like that and and that's why people stay away by the droves but I want you to hear what the book says about the saints Psalms 144 and 15 says happy are the people whose God is the Lord's even when we mess up we can experience joy and gladness. But we, we have to follow the pattern of David. David said, listen, the only reason you're going to forgive me is because of your mercy. Nothing to do with me. Second, Lord, I acknowledge it. I admit it. I'm wrong. I'm not explaining. I'm not excusing. And Lord, I got a problem in my condition. And I need you to help me with this condition. And when he admitted it and, and went to God for help, that's when the latter verses uh, came where he said, uh, uh, cast me not away from, from your presence. But, but then it started talking about the, the joy. He, he restored the joy of my salvation. And, and, and God can do all that. But here's the deal. The thing standing between you and your joy is you stop comparing yourself with the next person feeling you're okay. That's why you don't admit nothing because you think you're pretty good. It's when you compare yourself to this word. That's when I learned I had to love my wife more. I had to 
be kinder to my children. I needed to learn to forgive. And, you know, if I just, I'm better, yeah, I'm better than the next guy, but I wasn't like Jesus. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It is built through the consistent application of wisdom and hard work. Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it? Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.